Hey, good morning, Bridge Church, and happy Mother's Day. Thanks for joining us for Church Online. We want to encourage you, wherever you are this morning, as you're watching on your laptop, your TV, your mobile device, your tablet, don't just be spectators. Let's be participants this morning as we worship together. God, we welcome you in this place. I give you glory for all you brought me through, and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you, and now I'm
so good to know in these unusual days that no matter what might be going on around us, God still has everything in the palm of his hand. We can trust him. We don't have to be shaken by what people say around us, what the news of the world might be. God still has everything under control. You know, Jesus said, if you build your life upon the word of God, that though the storms may come, you will stand through the storm. Jesus also said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Not only are God's promises settled today, they are settled forever. And there's security in our God. Right there where you are today, I just ask you to open your heart for a moment. If you want to, lift your hands to heaven. Let's just worship God. Let's thank Him for the safety and the security that we have in Christ Jesus today. Would you join me? Father, we honor you today. We thank you that you have never failed us. You have never let us down. And when so many foundations around us are shaking, when so many people are running here and there not sure what to do, we can trust you because your word is sure. Your word is settled forever. God, we trust you today. We build our lives on your word, upon your promises, and we thank you, Father, that you have our future in the palm of your hand. 
Thank you for your safety, the security we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, welcome to Sunday Morning at the Bridge. We are so glad that you have joined us. And this is normally the time of service when we're all gathered together in the building where we turn around and give high fives and shake some hands and maybe hug some friends. We can't do that today, but if you would reach out right there where you are and just give me a good high five and maybe you want to high five somebody else there in your, in your living room. Thanks for making your house God's house today. We're so glad you joined us. And you know, the last several days I've been telling you on different occasions that the worst part of this season is we don't get to see you. We don't get to give you a hug and say hi and ask how are you doing, how are things going. We really miss you guys. But I got to tell you, this week we had a food drive on Thursday afternoon. So many people came by and it was, it was so great for Ann and for myself to be out in the parking lot behind the church and just greet folks as they drove through and dropped off their food. And we'll be telling you more about that a little bit later on. But it was such a blessing just to get to see some of you. And maybe real, real soon we'll be having some news of when we can start having church again. Thank you so much for joining us. And while I'm here on the subject of people coming by and giving food, I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving in this season. Every week we show you different ways that you can give to God's work here at the bridge. We're not begging for money. We're just thanking you for your faithfulness in giving. The church is safe. The church is secure because it's God's church. And second of all, because God is blessing his people and we have resources to give. Thank you for your faithfulness as you continue to give week by week. We really appreciate it. Now, let's watch church news together. Happy Mother's Day, Bridge family. We are so glad that you are joining us today for Church Online. We hope that everyone takes the time today to reach out to your mom if you're able to and tell her how much she means to you. Before we get into the message, we want to let you know about all the ways you can stay connected with us. We might not be meeting together in person, but we are excited to connect with you online throughout the week. Here's a look at what's going on over the next few days at The Bridge. Make your plans to jump online and be with us. This season, we want to continue to connect with God and each other. So make sure to hop on our Wednesday night online experience at 7 p.m. Follow us on all of our social media platforms at BridgeYTH underscore. Right now is the time to get your kids all set up for their Bridge Kids online service. Just go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv slash kids. There, your kids can watch the service and access the downloadable activities designed just for them. You can also find it by going to the Bridge Kids Facebook page. We are excited to keep your kids connected with God and their church family. This week, our community care program held a drive through food drive here at the church, and you, our church family, responded in such a strong way. We received over 4,500 pounds of food. That's well over two tons. We are so thankful for your generosity and your willingness to serve our community during this crazy season. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance with food, Community Care is here to help in distributing food on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Be sure to spread the word and help us help some people in need. Thanks again for your generosity and heart to serve others. We are so grateful for you, Bridge family. 
you want to stay connected and informed, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is the easiest way to stay up to date on what's happening, as well as see our devotionals throughout the week. You can also stay informed by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. For more general info, log on to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. If you are joining us for the first time and want to find out more about the church and how you can get connected, we invite you to go to our website or the Bridge app and click the Connect tab. There you will find a digital Connect card where we can help you get plugged in. Just take a moment to fill it out and we will be happy to connect with you. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you and your family have a very happy Mother's Day. Well, it's finally happened. You've moved out. You're on your own. Congratulations. But everyone still needs a little help sometimes. Mom, have you seen my wallet? It's in your back pocket. Nah, I checked there. Your other back pocket, dear. Ah, thanks, Mom. Introducing the Mom Personal Assistant, the only smart speaker device with all the wisdom, caring, and sage advice of a mother. Mom, please call Brad. Honey, I'm just not sure he's right for you. Just call him. Okay, calling Ryan. No, Mom, I said call Brad. Trust me. The Mom PA always has your best interests in mind. Wish me luck, Mom. Big interview today. Did you eat breakfast? Uh... Is that what you're wearing? Wait, what? (laughs) Did you even shower? She's there to provide a helping hand whenever you need it. Mom, set a timer for 40 minutes. Mom? The Mom Personal Assistant won't function until you say the magic word. Oh, Right. Mom, please set a timer for 40 minutes. Sure thing, hon, but it's only 30 minutes for that dish. The Mom PA is always correct and basically knows everything. Mom, what setting should I use for this laundry? Mom, do you think I should color my hair? Hey, Mom, can you please order mac and cheese? You still have two boxes. What? No, we're out. Did you look? Yeah, I just looked. It's gone. Do you want me to look? Uh, No, no, it's okay. I'll go look again. Try looking with your eyes this time. Based on God's perfect design, the mom personal assistant is thoughtful, kind, encouraging, and supportive. You are beautiful. It's okay. You're going to get through this. I am so proud of you. You can change the world. But right now, hon, you really need to change your socks because they smell like a dumpster. Mom. The mom personal assistant. Always helpful, always reliable, and always there for you. Well, as you know, today is Mother's Day. And we want all the moms to know we love you, we appreciate you, we're so grateful for all that you do, and we are absolutely praying for you today. Yes, we are. You are amazing. We love you so much. And, you know, I just think it would be a good thing to do right now if your mom is in the house with you to give her a big hug and let her know you appreciate her. If you are not with your mom right now, make sure you call your mom today. Wish her happy Mother's Day, okay? And hey, we want all the moms to know that we have a special gift for you today, and we'll be telling you more about that at the end of the service. Yeah, be sure and make this a special day for your mom today. And we've got a special treat for you today on Mother's Day. You're going to get to hear from Anne today. She's got something great to share that God's put in her heart. So open your heart and receive God's word today. Thank you. 
Well, I have so been looking forward to today. But first, I just have to tell you, I am missing you, our church family, so very, very much. We are praying for you, and we just cannot wait to be back together in person again. But until then, I am just so thankful that we have this way to connect with each other. So thank you so much for joining us online today. And like I said, I've really been excited about sharing God's word with you today. I have something in my heart. And you know, we are going to continue in our series that Pastor Gary started several weeks ago entitled Extraordinary. And we took a little break in that series last week when Pastor Rick Pasquale was with us from Rome, Italy. And that was awesome. It was so great to hear from him. But today we are going to jump back in to our series and we're going to be talking about being extraordinary. And you know, I just think it's fitting on Mother's Day because moms are extraordinary, right? And we're going to be looking at a mother in the Bible who truly was extraordinary. Ordinary. And so would you just join me right now and can we just open our hearts and ask God to speak to us personally today, okay? Father, we come before you right now and God, I just thank you that you're here with me and you are there with each person watching wherever they are watching from. And Father, right now, we just open our hearts to you and we ask you to speak to us today by your word, and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, you know, when Pastor Gary started this series several weeks ago, he started with a question that he asked all of us. And he said, what kind of people would God have us be in this unusual season? And we saw that God is looking for us, his people, to be extraordinary. And that means that we would be beyond what is usual, beyond what is ordinary and regular, and we would be exceptional. And that doesn't mean that we would be arrogant or proud people. It doesn't mean that we would be self-sufficient or self-reliant, but it does mean that we would not be satisfied to follow the negative, hopeless, commentary of society around us, and that we would rise up above the ordinary to be extraordinary. You know, when Jesus walked on the earth, he came to earth as God in the flesh, and he thought as God. He saw everything from God's perspective. He was extraordinary, and the more we become like him, the more we become extraordinary as well. And over the last couple of weeks, the first few weeks of this series, we looked at a couple of people in the Bible who really stand out as being extraordinary. And we learned some lessons from their lives. And today, we are going to look at someone else in the Bible. We're going to look at an extraordinary mother. We're going to look at the life of the Shunammite woman. And maybe you are familiar with her story. 
Maybe you're not familiar with her story. Maybe it's been a little while since you've read it and it's a little foggy. So let me fill you in a little bit and give you a little reminder. Her story unfolds in 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 8. And, you know, we don't even know her name. All we know is that she and her husband lived in Shunem. So they called her the Shunemite woman. But it does say that she was a notable woman. And that word notable, you know what it literally means? It means great. In other words, she stood out from the crowd. She was extraordinary. But that word notable, it also indicates that she was a little bit older. It indicates that she was influential. And we see from her life that she was affluent. And Elisha would pass through Shunem on a regular basis. Elisha, the prophet of God. And one day when he was coming through, she ran out to greet him and she said, come, have a meal with us in our home. So he came and he ate with them. And then it happened that every time he passed through Shunem, he would come and have a meal with them. And they got to know him more. And she said to her husband, This surely is a holy man. This is a man of God. We need to do something extra special for him. We need to make a place for him to stay whenever he comes through and passes through Shunem. And she wasn't talking about just putting a cot in the corner for him to sleep on. No, she wanted to build a room for him. And not just any room, but a room upstairs that had a a staircase, an outside entrance. Basically, she wanted to build him an apartment above the garage. And her husband said, okay. So that's what they did. And he stayed there when he passed through. And he was so overwhelmed with her hospitality and generosity and kindness that he said to her, what can I do for you? What are you in need of? Do you want me to go to the king on your behalf? And she said, oh, no. Oh, no, I'm good. I don't need anything, and I dwell here among my people. And then Elisha's servant Gehazi said, "Uh, Elisha, you know what? She doesn't have a son, and her husband is older. And so Elisha called her back in, and he said to her, next year at this time, You will have a son. And it happened just as he said. And she did have a son the following year. And then a little bit later, a few years later, as he grew up, he one morning, early in the morning, he went out into the field where his father was working. And after he was there for a while, he started complaining of his head hurting. And he said, my head, my head. And Elisha called for one of the workers to carry him into his mother. And she held him in her lap from early morning until noon when he died in her arms. Can you imagine her devastation? Can you imagine how heartbroken she would have been? This son that she thought she would never have. And then God blessed her with him and he dies in her arms. Imagine the pain. Imagine the heartache. Imagine the questions she would have had for God. But you know, 
It's her response to this situation that makes her stand out as being extraordinary. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 21, it says, And she went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God. And she shut the door upon him and she went out. And then she called out to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. I don't know about you, but I read that and think, what? How in the world could she say it is well? Her son just died in her arms. How could she not tell her husband, his father, that his son had just died? How could that be the only words coming out of her mouth? It is well. You know, we don't know much about the father. We don't know if he was a spiritual man or not. But what we do know is that she was not going to waste any time talking to him. And so she says, it is well, which literally means it will be well. She had that confidence. And she hurried off on that donkey. She went as fast as she could. And then Elisha saw her coming. And he tells Gehazi to go out and meet her. And in verse 26, Elisha says, Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Again, with the it is well? Seriously? How could she say that? (laughs) How could she possibly say, all is well. But that's her answer to Gehazi, and she just flew right past him and went straight to Elisha, and she threw herself at his feet. And so Elisha sent Gehazi on ahead to the boy, and she says, oh, no, 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 no. I am not going home. I am not going back to my son until you, man of God, go with me. And so he went with her, and they went into the house, and they went into his room, And Elisha closed the door and he began to pray for that boy. He prayed and then he laid his body across that boy's body. And he prayed some more and he laid his body across that boy's body again. And as he did, that boy began to sneeze and he opened his eyes. And Elisha called for the mother and told her to pick up her son. She saw God do the extraordinary in what seemed to be an absolutely impossible situation. And I don't know what you're facing today. Maybe you're facing a situation that looks completely impossible. Maybe it seems like there's no way out, like things could never change. God wants you to know that he wants to do the extraordinary in your life and in your situation today. And you see, this Shunammite mother, she did some things that caused her to go beyond the ordinary, that caused her to be extraordinary. And in the process of doing that, she positioned herself to see God 
do the extraordinary in her life, in her family, and in her situation. And so today, we are all going to learn some lessons from her. We're going to learn three lessons from her life. No matter who you are, whether you're a mom, a dad, an adult at any stage of life, a student watching with us today, all of us are going to be able to learn some lessons from her life that we can all implement in our own lives. And the first lesson we're going to learn from her is to go to God first. You know, we have the privilege today of accessing God through Jesus. But in her day, Jesus hadn't come to earth yet. He hadn't died and risen from the dead and ascended to heaven. So the way that people heard from God was by going to the prophets. And so for this Shunammite mother, when she went to Elisha, that was her access point to God. That was her connection with God. It was almost as though she was going to God himself. And she had such an urgency to get to him. She knew she did not need to talk to anyone else along the way. She wasn't going to talk to people she loved those closest to her, her family members. And she wasn't even going to talk to spiritual people. Gehazi was a spiritual man, but she wasn't going to talk to him either. And you know, I think all of us sometimes go to people before we go to God. I know I've done it. And one thing I've learned is that when I go to people, maybe it's the people closest to me, family members, people I love, or maybe it's godly people, spiritual people, Whenever I go to people before God, you know what happens? It brings too many voices, and it can create confusion, and it can actually bring turmoil within me. We need to learn to go to God first. And maybe you're watching today, and you're saying, well, wait a minute. Doesn't the Bible say there's wisdom in the multitude of counselors? Yes, it does. But... Their voices do not replace the voice of God. We need to go to God first. And if he tells us to do something, then we need to do it. But if we still need a little bit more direction, a little bit more clarity, it's okay to go to godly people for godly counsel. But remember, godly counsel will always agree with God's word. And it should bring confirmation to what God has been speaking to us. And it may bring some clarity. It may bring encouragement to us. But it should never replace the voice of God in our lives. And she did not go looking for answers from anyone else. Also, she didn't go looking for answers from anything else. I mean, she could have stopped and and thought about old wives' tales and ancient remedies that she'd heard about through the years and tried those things on her son. She didn't do any of that. I mean, for us today, it would probably uh, look a little more like Google and searching the Internet before going to God. How often do we do that? And, you know, when we put in our symptoms or whatever it is that we're going to put in the internet, it is so easy within two minutes or less to be in turmoil. 
Not that it's bad to go to the internet for certain things, but we need to go to God first. And that can never, ever replace the voice of God. See, this Shunammite mother knew that she didn't have the answers. She knew no one else had the answers, and she knew nothing else had the answers. She needed to go to God and God alone, and she wasn't going to waste any time getting to him. She had an urgency. Why is it that we often go to God as a last resort? I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people who have said, I'm at the end of my rope. I have tried everything I know to try. I don't know what else to do. And sometimes in those situations, if I'm talking to someone who says that, I have said, well, have you tried asking God what he thinks you should do in this situation? And it's interesting how many times the conversation gets very quiet. And the answer is, oh, you know, I didn't think of that. I didn't do that. Too often we go to God as a last resort. We need to go to him first. He is our source and he has our answers. She knew if she could just get to God, all would be well. And we need to have that same kind of urgency in taking our situations of life to him, knowing that when we do, all will be well. God is looking for us to be people who stand out from the crowd. And instead of doing what the average person does, looking to themselves, looking to people, looking to things for their answers, we look to God and God alone, knowing that he has the answers we need. All right? The second lesson that we can learn from this Shunammite mother is to believe that God will do the extraordinary in our lives. Believe that God will do the extraordinary in your life. You know, this mother, she believed that. She truly believed that. But I think it's fair to say that she didn't always believe that. This passage makes it clear that she had longed for a son. And she never became pregnant. And her husband was older. And when Elisha told her that she would become pregnant and have a son, her first response was, no, don't lie to me. In other words, she's saying, don't mess with my emotions. Don't dig up that old wound. I am not going there. I've already let that dream die. Don't mess with me, Elisha. That shows us that she had some old hurts there, that she had given up, that she had become hopeless in that situation and thought this was too big and too difficult for God. But then she saw God do the extraordinary and give her a son. When that son died in her arms, it would have been so easy for her to revert back to her old way of thinking and say, this is hopeless. There is no way God can ever intervene here. You see, when the average person hits a major 
challenge in life, even if they've seen God do some things in their lives, so often they revert back to their old way of thinking. Pastor Gary talked in this series about how we develop ruts in our thinking because of beliefs that we pick up along the way. And I think she would have had some pretty deep ruts in her thinking. And it would have been so easy for her to become totally overwhelmed by her circumstances. It would have been so easy for her to say, I knew this was too good to be true. This is too big for God. I'm not worthy of him doing another miracle in my life. I don't dare ask for anything else. There is no point of thinking anything could change. It would have been easy for her to become angry at God, angry at Elisha, but she did not respond the way the average person would respond. She had an extraordinary response. She refused to go back to her old way of thinking. She had seen God do the extraordinary in her life. And she was confident that he would do it again, that he'd continue to work in her life and her family. And she allowed her faith to be built by past miracles. I want you to notice that this strong belief that she had that God would do the extraordinary in her life, it caused several things to happen. First of all, it realigned her old way of thinking. And it caused her thinking to now line up with God's thinking. And you might be listening and think, how? How could she possibly have such strong faith, such a strong confidence that God would intervene when she saw her son die with her own eyes? When he died, her dream died in her arms. Wasn't she human? Didn't she have emotions? Wouldn't she have been devastated? We see the answer in verse says 27 and 28. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? It is obvious here that she was distressed in her heart. She had questions for sure, but she took all of her emotions and instead of pouring them out on people, instead of keeping them bottled up inside, and instead of letting them become a barrier to her faith, she took it all and she poured it out at the feet of God. You know, very often... We take our emotions to people. And sometimes the sympathy and pity of well-meaning people can end up aligning with our old way of thinking and actually cause those ruts to go deeper and cause us to become stuck. But when we take 
all of our emotions and our questions to God and honestly open our heart to him, pouring it all out, casting all our cares upon him because he cares for us, that's when we swing wide open the door for God to come in and intervene in our lives. That's when we position ourselves to see God do the extraordinary in our lives. I want you to notice that this woman was in distress. She was hurting, yet she was full of faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You see, faith doesn't make us blind. She knew exactly what her circumstances said, and she was distraught. She was hurting. But she didn't go back to a place of hopelessness. In the midst of her hurt and pain, she had a confident expectation that what was not yet seen would become her reality. I want you to notice that her belief, her strong confidence that God would do the extraordinary in her life, it caused her to be full of faith even when she was hurting. We will all face situations in life that bring pain, but we can still have faith in the midst of the pain. And you know, it's that faith, that confidence in God in the midst of the pain that helps guard us against the things that we can be vulnerable to when we are hurting. Because there are things that will try to sabotage our faith, especially when we're hurting. But that strong confidence in God will guard us against those things, such as fear. You see, when we have a strong confidence in God, it will protect us from giving ourselves over to fear. You see, fear and faith are opposites. And if we are standing in faith, confident in God and his promises, it's going to protect us from giving ourselves over to fear. We can't stand in faith and give ourselves over to fear at the same time. It's impossible. In the book of James, it tells us that the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We don't ever see this Shunammite mother giving herself over to fear. We don't see her becoming afraid at all because her confidence in God protected her against giving herself over to fear. That confidence will also protect us from embracing the pain. You see, many people want to stay in the pain. They like the sympathy. They like the attention and the pity. And they want the pain to become their identity. She definitely did not do that. She didn't even want anyone else to know that she was hurting except for God. She took it all to him. And you see, that confidence in God will also protect us when we're hurting from giving up. Many people would have already given up. Many people would have already been planning the boy's funeral, but not her. And you know, we often allow circumstances to determine our next steps 
instead of allowing God to determine our next steps. I don't know what you are facing today, but whatever it is, I want to encourage you, do not give up. Mom, that son, that daughter you are believing God for, do not give up. God is faithful. He is faithful. You can hold on to that confidence that you will see him do the extraordinary in your life and in your family and in your situation. You know, when this Shunammite mother said, it is well, that word well, it's the Hebrew word shalom, and it means peace. So in other words, she was saying, I have peace in the midst of my pain because I know that God wants to do the extraordinary for me. It's one thing to know God can, but it's another thing to push through the circumstances and fight the fight of faith to see him do the extraordinary in our lives. And this revelation that God will do that in our lives It is so powerful. And I want to encourage you today to let that confidence reign in your heart. For this Shunammite mother, it caused her thought patterns to be rewritten. It caused her to stay full of faith even in the midst of pain. And it dictated her commentary about her circumstances, enabling her to say, It is well. I want to ask you today, do you believe God will do the extraordinary in your life? You can believe that. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. This tells us he wants to do the extraordinary, but it's according to the degree we allow his power to be at work in us. You see, when we choose to be extraordinary by believing God and his promises, that's when we will see him do the extraordinary in and through our lives. Allow that confidence to rewrite your old ways of thinking. Allow that confidence to keep you full of faith even in the midst of challenges and hurt and pain. And allow that confidence to cause your commentary about your circumstances to say, it is well. The second lesson We're going to, I'm sorry, the third lesson we're going to learn from this Shunammite woman is to live with grateful hearts. You know, when her son opened his eyes, Elisha called for this mother and he told her to pick up your son. I don't know about you, but when I put myself in her shoes, I know what I would have done. I would have gone in, I would have grabbed that boy and held on for dear life. But that's not what she did. In 2 Kings 4, verse 37, it says, So she went in and she fell at Elisha's feet. And she bowed to the ground. And then she picked up her son and went out. Before she picked up 
her son, she bowed down to worship God. How often does God bring answers in our life and we just take a sigh of relief and run full speed ahead to the next thing? We need to learn to stop. When God does the extraordinary in our lives, we need to learn to recognize it and stop and worship him and express our heart of gratitude for his faithfulness in our lives. You see, it's not just a good thing to do that. It has nothing to do with having good manners towards God. It's actually a very powerful thing because it keeps our eyes and our focus on his faithfulness. And it positions us to see him do the extraordinary over and over again in our lives. And that's exactly what it did for this Shunammite mother. In 2 Kings chapter 8, Elisha told the woman and her family to leave Shunam. He said, there's going to be a seven-year famine here. You guys need to leave and go somewhere where you won't be affected by the famine. So that's exactly what they did. And God took care of them. And after seven years, they came back to Shunem. And she wanted to go before the king and ask for their land back. Well, it just so happened that as she was about to come and approach the king, Gehazi was there talking to the king. And the king's asking Gehazi, so tell me about these miracles that God has done through Elisha. And Gehazi's telling him, and he's telling him at just this particular moment, he's telling him about the Shunammite woman and her son. And all of a sudden, she comes walking in the door to ask the king about her land. And Gehazi's shocked. He says, uh, this is the woman right here, and this is her son. And the king asks, is this true? And in 2 Kings 8, verse 6, when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. You see, God wants to restore everything that the enemy tries to steal away. You know, when God brought her son back to life and she bowed down to worship him, God was already looking down the road at the next scene of her life and how he could intervene and do the extraordinary for her again and again and again. Not only does God want to do the extraordinary in your life today, but he wants to do that in your future and all the days of your life. He wants it to be well with you all your days. You know, we said that that word well, it's the Hebrew word shalom, and we translate it peace. But our English word peace does not begin to express what this Hebrew word shalom literally means. It means so much more than that. It means wholeness. It means complete well-being. It means health, healing, safety, protection, provision, prosperity, and peace. All of that is encompassed in this word shalom. And the Bible tells us that one of the names for God 
is Jehovah Shalom. This is who he is. He is your healer. He is your protector. He is your provider. And he is your peace. And by his very name and his nature, he is declaring over you and your life and your situation right now, it is well. Somebody especially needs to hear that right now. And he is saying to you, it is well. And he is looking to us to be extraordinary people who will rise above our circumstances and agree with him and declare over our lives, our families, and our situations, it is well. I want to pray for you today. Father, God, you know every single person watching by name. You know them intimately. God, you know every circumstance they're dealing with right now. And so, Father, as we bring all the situations of our life to you and present them to you right now, God, I am asking that faith would rise up in people's hearts. God, I am asking that boldness would rise up, causing people to rise above their circumstances and stretch their faith and be extraordinary people who will run to you to hear your voice and your voice alone. People who will truly believe not just that you can do the extraordinary, but you will do the extraordinary in their lives. God, I pray that that confidence will be so strong that it'll rewrite their old ways of thinking, that it'll cause them to be full of faith even when they're hurting. God, I pray that that confidence will cause their commentary about their circumstances to be, it is well. And God, I pray that you would respond to their faith, that you would intervene, that you would show up and do the extraordinary in their lives. And Father, and I pray that you would help us to be people who would keep hearts of gratitude, continually recognizing all the things that you do, God. Positioning ourselves to see you work continually over and over in our lives. God, I thank you that you don't just have today in your hands, you have our futures and every day in your hands moving forward. And God, we praise you and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, maybe you're watching today and you say, I want to be extraordinary. I want to see God do the extraordinary in my life. I want you to know that it all starts when we surrender our lives to him and enter into a relationship with him. And maybe you've never done that before. Why not make this your moment? Let this be your day. 
you can enter relationship with God simply by asking him to come and be the Lord of your life. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And if that's you and you want to commit your life to him, or maybe you just want to rededicate your life to him today, I want to ask you to repeat these words after me right there, wherever you are. Just repeat these words and wrap your heart around this prayer as we pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me and you sent Jesus to die for me so that I can live in relationship with you. And right now, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to become Lord of my life. Help me to grow in you. Help me to become extraordinary. God, I want to see you do the extraordinary in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. If you made that decision today for the first time, that is fantastic. And can I just tell you, we would love to connect with you and just give you a simple little gift to help you get started in your relationship with God. And Pastor Zach's going to be telling you more about how you can receive that before we conclude today, okay? But also, moms, we want you to know that we have a special gift for you today today as well on this Mother's Day. We have something that you can download and print or you can use as wallpaper on your phone or your tablet and it's simply a reminder to you to declare over your life it is well. Okay? And Pastor Zach's going to be telling you how you can access that and find that download. All right. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Have a great week. Thanks again for joining us today for Church Online at the Bridge. If you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time or you decided to rededicate your life, we want to help you begin your journey of faith. We have a free gift that we want to give you called the next seven days. It's a simple tool that will help you take your next steps with God. And if you'd like to get it, just direct message us on Facebook or Instagram with the words next seven. You can also click the link right there in the platform that you are watching from. We will be happy to connect with you and give you this free gift. We are so glad that you made this life-changing decision. Finally, we have a very special Mother's Day gift for all of the moms. Right now, you can go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv, as well as our social media platforms for instructions on how to get your printable or downloadable artwork and wallpaper. This is a gift that we want to share with you on this special day, just to simply say how much we love and appreciate all of the moms. So once again, happy Mother's Day, everyone. We love you, we are praying for you, and we are believing for God's best in your life. We'll see you soon.